of where you had on like t-shirt and jeans or something and everybody was dressed up in suits and you looked around and you're like, oh, I don't belong here. Uh, you know, or at least right now anyway, you know. I've so done that. You know, and I, walk, I don't care. I walk right and sit down. I want, I want to order, you know. But the thing is, is you ever been in a conversation with someone and, and of like two or three people and you, or two people and you feel like the third wheel and you're like, I don't belong here. I, y'all are involved in or talking about something that I don't need to be a part of. And you just didn't feel like you wanted or needed. You're like a third wheel. Kind of like, you know, two people going on a date and you're, you're, and you're with them and you're like, why am I here? You know, or maybe you, you were in classroom and you, you know, you were in school and college and, and you were sitting in a class the first week and you're like, I don't belong in this class. I'm going to drop this class and <laughs> it's not what I thought it was going to be and I just need to drop this class and take another one. You know, but we all, we all feel that we, all that way. But see, the thing is, <clears throat> is we all have a great commission. We all have a great commission. And each church is unique in the way they feel. All the churches together, every single church in America has the great commission to follow. That's everybody's great commission. But how we all reach that great commission is different and unique. And I feel like Kingdom Life is unique in that as well. But in Matthew chapter 28, it tells us about the great commission. You know, right after Jesus had, had resurrected and he, right before he descended to heaven, he gave us his great commission. And I want to read it to you. Matthew chapter 29, 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you until the end of the age. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today. Help us, God. First off, thank you, Father, for your presence that I feel in this house today. Second off, Father, I want to thank you for this message, God, that we can understand that this church is not, not for us. It's, it's for them. And God, those that are lost without out you, and we want to pray today that you prick our hearts to let us understand the severity of us reaching out to others in Jesus' name. Amen. Every God-honoring, God-fearing, uh, Christ-centered church should be going by this great commission. You know, we all have our own ways of doing it, but we all have, have to do that. And, but so many times we find ourselves just uh, um, doing church, just doing church. People come and they just do church. When instead of doing church, we're supposed to be the church. When you do church, that's kind of stagnant to me. You, it's just mundane. It's the same old, same old. Nothing changes. It's always the same. It's just, ugh, okay? But when you be the church, that's action. That's the way it should be. It should be action, and we should, we should do that. We need to understand that, that and embrace this, this, this great commission for each and every one of us. Our, you know, our desire should be to, is to live in step with God. And stay in step with his spirit. Paul was writing to the church in Galatia and, in chapter 5 and, and said, that there, that said, said there's some things that we need to be living in the spirit. And he told us about the fruits of the spirit. And that was love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Those were the fruit of the spirit. But then he said something so powerful in the next 14 words. He said in Galatians 5.25, Since we live by the spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if we're going to live with the Spirit, we need to keep in step with the Spirit and keep up with the Spirit. There's a lot, a lot of people, a lot of Christians and even churches that are behind. God's already moving on. The Spirit's moving on. They're still back in the old days. I want to leave it like it was. And God's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing, follow me. This is, my new this, is, this is my great commission. I want you to follow it. But, but oh, I thought, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Florence showed up. Or something. I was like, what? 
But, but anyway, so, but so we got to stay in step. So I was in the military. In the military, you know, they would do the cadences. Left, you're right, right. You're right, or left, you're right, or left. And if you were on the wrong foot, when they said right, you're on your left, you would get in trouble. But I was always in trouble because my, my company commander would always say, your other left, son, your other left. You know, and I was always in that. So when I would, my, 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 uh, my piece was always hitting somebody in the head. I was knocking somebody over, stepping on their foot all the time. And he said, your other left, son. So, so but you, that's keeping in step. Whenever you, I was in a marching band, and yeah, I was a marching band geek, and I'm proud of it. That was marching band is for awkward students, and I was awkward. But, but you march, and we had to march eight to the five, which meant every eight steps hit the five-yard line. So every eight steps would be five yards, and we would know that. We could march with our eyes closed, eight to the five. And that would be in step. And if you weren't in that, then you were out of step. You had, you had a skip so you could get back in step, same way in the military. So you do that is to keep in step. So, so, but we get out of step with God. God's moving on forward, and we're out of step back here trying to find out where, where's God at. You know? And we got to get with God. Our churches have got to get with God because there's a lot of churches that are out of step with God. There's a lot of churches that are out of step with the Great Commission and what God wants us to do there. And we, you know, we got to take time to hear from God, to listen from God, to, to pray and seek God. Because if you don't, you will be out of step. Well, why am I out of, why am I out of step, Pastor Doug? We're not seeking God. We're doing, we're working on, on what we feel, how we feel we should, what we feel we should do, how we feel we should act, rather than saying, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to act? How do you want me to do? Oh, praise God, we have a brand new baby in the house today. Amen. Amen. Jay and Sherry O'Dell, we have a, their, their baby, and she was just born August 31st. Praise God. Honored to have a new, new, new soul in the house today. Praise God for that. But anyway, we go through the motions, and, 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 and we are just, just we got to pray to God. Say, God, help me to stay in step with you. What are you saying right now? Because God is always saying, I'm doing a new thing. And when God does a new thing, we want to move with that so we can know where God's going and keep in step. If not, we're always in the back path, and we'll always stay with our old traditions and our old way of doing things. And we've got to move forward and say, God, I want to do this, and I want to be with you. So we have to, to do that and have good intentions, um, more than just good intentions, because that, you know, we, all say, we always say we got good intentions, but there's a difference between good intentions and actually doing something because, or making a difference. When you got good intentions, that's just wishful thinking. Good intentions is, I, I hope so. I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I hope. I, I, that's what I think. You know, but, but making a difference is actually action, and we got to have action in our life. And so we got to do the right thing and live out our life intentional. we got to live intentional rather than just being haphazard and living by intentions. Okay? Um, how did Christ help people in their faith? And how did he help follow them? Well, we often hear that Jesus was a friend to sinners. But we, understand, we misunderstand what that means. A lot of times when we think Jesus was a friend to sinners, we think about Animal House and all the crazy stuff that went on back in the day in Animal House or a frat house or, or maybe in bars and stuff. He just went and hung out and drank and threw back some shots with some people. And that's not what happened. He didn't, he didn't do that. He was a friend to sinners. He was there with them. In Mark chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, it talks about when, when Jesus called Matthew the tax collector. And they looked, at, they looked at Jesus, and he was eating with these tax collectors and with all these, 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 these other sinners. And they looked at Jesus and actually says, why are you hanging out? Why are you eating with such scum? Wow. And Jesus is looking at him like, really? You, ought to, you better get to step. You better get in step. You're out of step. You're out of step. That's not what, that's not what I come for. You know, he, said, he, says, he says, look here, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. Amen. You know? He says in, in Luke chapter 5 and 32, he says, I didn't come for the righteous, but for sinners to come to repentance. 
You know, and the thing is, is you know, we're already saved and we get, we get upset because Jesus, the one that, that we serve and love, he's hanging out with, with these other people. And he's like, well, how come you're hanging out with that scum? I'm holy. I'm righteous. God, I'm living for you. I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips. And why aren't you talking to me right now? Why are you hanging out with them? They don't deserve you. But see, we, we forget that we all came from that. You know, we were very quickly to, under, to say, you know what, judge them this and this and make somebody else feel bad about where they're at. But we all came there from ourselves, and all of a sudden we get a little bit of Jesus in us and we feel like that we're better than everybody else. Matthew chapter 11 and 6, 16 through 19, Jesus here rebukes the generation because of the fact that, that they, they looked at him and they said, oh, you're a friend of sinners. And see, and he, and he took that and embraced it. And we talk about that, we even sing about that today, that he is a friend of sinners. And not in the way that, that, that they thought it was. And in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, one of my favorite scriptures, right on the heels of this, this other story, he talks about a woman who was a, a sinful woman, and, and, she, and a lot of people feel like she was a prostitute. But she took her alabaster box, and I got an alabaster jar in my office, and it's a very thick, thick rock kind of thing. It's not, it's not, very, it's not like glass or something like that. It can break easily. But she came before Jesus and she, she had this expensive ointment where a lot of people thought that it was a year's worth of her salary from being, prospering, from being a prostitute. And they feel like it was a year's salary worth of money and she bought a special, special um, uh, expensive perfume oil with it. And she had it in there. And she brought, walked in there. They're having this big old, big old time together hanging out at Simon's house. And they, they, she walks in. She walks down at Jesus' feet. And she takes this alabaster box, this is, it's a thick, thick rock, and she busts it and breaks it in front of him. And she takes, she takes her tears, and she, on her tears, she falls on his feet, and she washes her feet, and she dries his feet with her hair. And that's just her worship to him. And she fell down before him, and they're all looking at her and saying, you know, you know Simon said, you know, hey, what are you doing? That, that, you know what we could have done with that, that all there? Do you know what we could have done, who we could have blessed with that? And Jesus like, you're out of step. You're out of step. Listen, she belongs here. You, you know, y'all are being judgmental right now, and, I'm not, and that's not how I am. She, she belongs here. I, it's, it's custom that when you walk into a house that you have a bowl of water there to wash the feet off of the travelers because there's dung and all kind of stuff on her feet. You didn't have that for me when I walked in. When, you, when I walked in, I was also, it's, it's traditional that you have some oil to anoint the head of the person to refresh them. You didn't have no oil for me. It's normal that you walk in, you have a, uh, you have a, a, a holy kiss that you greet the, the guests with, and you didn't greet me with a holy kiss. But she came in here and was kissing my feet. She's taking all that she bought with her, 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 her bad ways, and she's, she's anointing my feet with it, and she's washing my hair. And she cares about me. She belongs here. Amen. Everybody else looked at her like, you don't belong here. And Jesus said, yes, she does. Y'all are out of step. Right. And then he looked at her and said, hey, you belong here. And she did her, her duty, and then she got up, and he says, look, go in peace. Your, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and sin no more. That is just a beautiful, beautiful story to me. Because everybody around thought, oh, you shouldn't even be here. You shouldn't, you know. And is that not in churches when, when people walk in? People, you know, especially the way we grew up, you know, people walked in, oh, look at her, look at him, look at that, you know. And we're all like, you shouldn't be here. But God's like, oh, they belong here. Y'all are out of step. Luke 15, 1 and 2. The parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. This was, this was a story where they lost the sheep, and he left the 99 to go find the one. He lost the, the woman lost a coin, turned the whole entire house upside down looking for that one coin. And then the prodigal son that was out there ended up eating the slop with the pigs, eventually came home. 
And it was showing that how Jesus cares and will do anything to reach the lost. But in the prodigal son story, you see, he, he was out there with the pigs and came back. And when he wanted to come back, the, son, the brother said, he don't belong here. But what did the daddy say? He belongs here. This is my son. Go kill the fatty calf. Go get him a signet ring. Go put a robe on him and bring him in and let him have a party. And that's what Jesus looks at us. There's a lot of prodigal sons out there and daughters outside that God says they belong here. They belong here. Yes, you belong here too, but so do they. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. The Jewish leaders grumble because they said that, that, that Jesus had went to go eat um, with, a, with a, a sinner. And who it was, it was a Zacchaeus. If you don't know Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. That was a little song we used to sing in, in kids' church back when I was a little kid. Anybody remember that? But, but, and we used to have, he, well, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. We, he climbed up and said, Lord, he wanted to see. Okay, anyway. But anyway, so he was in this tree. And, and he climbed up this tree. And everybody was giving him a hard time saying, because he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to eat with you. And I want you to be here. And I want, you to, I want to go to your house and dine with you. And they're like, I can't believe you're going to go to that tax collector. He has stolen from every one of us. He's in this city, and, and Zacchaeus has stole from every single one of us in this city and kept it for himself and blessed himself with it. And now you're going to go hang out with him? And Jesus was upset about it. And, he, and he, you know, he, they, they thought that he was, he, was, he was just supposed to reject him and, and re, re, reprimand him and put him down. But Jesus embraced sinners who believed in him. And Zacchaeus was at this place in his life where he was intrigued by Jesus. He heard Jesus and he went to go see Jesus and he couldn't see it so they had a sycamore tree that he climbed up. And Zacchaeus was a very, very rich man and he had a very, very rich robe clothes on. It's like it's today it would be equivalent to a man in, in, in a Versace suit or something climbing up into a tree. I mean, he, but he didn't care that this is nice. This is, he had to see Jesus. He, he was desperate to see Jesus. And, and Christ saw that in him and said, look, come here, Zacchaeus. I want to go to your house. Now you're, now you're ready. You, you belong here. You know, they all were pushing him outside, but you belong here. And, and so they, 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 he was not winking at sin when he went to these people's houses. He wasn't saying, you know, that, hey, what you're doing is okay, that you can do whatever you want to. But he was saying, I care about you and I care about your soul. Come into a relationship with me and we can work on all these other things. But we have to, for you to reach and fulfill this good, great commission, you have to have some friends that are not Christians. Now, I, I, you know, with, with teenagers, I tell them to be very careful with this because this can be taken out of context. And they think, oh, all my friends are non-Christians. I'm good. I'm a Christian. I got to hang out with them. They, a lot of times they don't make it. You know, but I'm talking to Christians today, especially adult Christians. That we, if, we're, if we're really going to have the Great Commission and we're going to reach out to people, we've got to have friends and reach out to people who aren't Christians. I have friends that are liars. I may even have a Christian friend that's a liar. Anybody experienced that before? I have friends that are drunkards. I have friends personally that are addicts, heroin addicts. I have uh, Christian friends. I have friends that are felons. I have friends that are homosexuals. I have friends that are lesbians. I have, home, uh, I have uh, Republican friends and Democrat friends and independent friends. I have a transgender friend. They've never been in this church, but they've been in my office, and they talked with me for two or three hours at a time that one day. Why? Because I was their friend. And I'm going to continue to be their friend so I can continue to speak life in them. But you have to be a friend to, to earn the right to tell them anything. You can't just sit there and it's walk, somebody walk up and you start, turn or burn, sucker. It's just not going to work. 
That's going to push them away rather than draw them in. So I built a relationship with this person, and they gave, they, gave, they gave me the right to sit down with them and in love share my, my point of view on it and try to help them in that situation. I have you know, people who have ta- friends who have tattoos, and I, I would love to have one one day, you know, soon, um, before I die. But I have friends who had abortions. I have friends that are gang members. I have friends that are white, friends that are Indians, friends that are Mexican, friends that are black, friends that are Oriental. Kristen, our, our children's pastor, she's Puerto Rican. She's my friend. She was born in Puerto Rico. You might not know that. But anyway, but, but you know, just because you think they're wrong don't mean they're wrong. And just because you see something on the outside and you see a mistake they're making, you can't quickly judge that because you don't know about their heart and what they're going through and what's happening. But some people, even here in this room, you probably got up this morning and not everybody in this room got up and said, Praise God, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some of y'all got up and says, oh, dear God, I got to go to church this morning. <laughs> now, y'all know I'm a real preacher. I'm going to tell you the truth. I ain't going to lie to you. Some of you, because I ain't going to lie to you. I've had them mornings where I woke up that way. And I was like, God, I'm just, God, I'm just exhausted. God, oh, God, what am I, how am I going to get up there and be excited? And God's like, get your tail up and go to church. You know, but we all feel we're human. And you might have done it. Maybe, you, maybe you, didn't, you got up and you didn't want to come to church today because you might have felt like, you know what, I don't want to go to church and smile and act like I got it all together when I really don't. Maybe you, are, maybe you don't want to come to church today possibly because of the fact that you got up and, and you, you're frustrated with your kids, the way they're treating you or treating each other or, or whatever they're, wherever they're at in life with Christ. Maybe you got up this morning and you and your wife had a big argument. And you're like, I don't even feel like I should go to church today. Or maybe you had an argument in the parking lot. I'll tell you, you wait, we get home. Hey, bless God. Hey, brother, God bless you today. See you. <laughs> Glory to God. Blessed, highly favored. You wait, I'll get you home. You know what I'm saying? But, but hey, we've all been there, you know. So, so but, but we, you know, but the thing is, is that, that that happens in our life. And, but Jesus came for people that have doubts, fears, struggles, pains, suffering, and worry that we have. But he also came for they who have that. And, 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 and it's unfair on those on the outside looking in to feel less than because of that. Jesus came near to us because he, draw, he drew us to him. See, Paul's passion for ministry was he was a Jewish preacher, and he, wanted to pre- he didn't want to preach to the non-Jewish people for a while. But it came to a point, he started watching Jesus, and he saw Jesus reaching out to Gentiles and reaching out to whosoever will. And Paul said, you know what? Oh, I see what you're doing. I see what you, it's not just the Jews, right? It's the Gentiles too. And so Paul decided, you know what? I'm going to go on a journey. And he went out and started reaching out to everybody. Gentile, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised. It didn't matter. He reached out to them because he realized there were no wrong people for Christ. That everybody deserved Christ. That everybody deserved a chance. And he didn't want to look at that way. And it would have been much safer for him to, to stay in Jerusalem and preach right there to the Jewish people. But he had the call of God on his life and the great commission to do, and he had to go out and do it. You know, it might be easy to look down at these first century Christians of the, of the Jewish that would push out the Gentiles and not look at them and talk to them very much. But here and today in the 21st century, you know, we, we quite unfairly are judgmental and hypocritical as well. And, and we, we don't have a very good reputation for being the most friendly people, it seems like. And that is a, a tragedy to our church, to churches, that, that, that someone would look at a church and say they're not that friendly. You know, I, I, it's a shame that a church has to say, 
we, we, want to be, we want to be the friendliest church in town. We want to be the most loving church. No, you should be the most loving. You should be the most. We, we should be that. A church shouldn't have to say that we want to be this. They just should be that. But we're not sometimes. You know, I, I pray that I don't make nobody feel that way. But you know what? If, if I'm honest with myself, I probably already have sometime. Made somebody feel a little less than. Just because I'm pastor sometimes, just that in itself makes people nervous sometimes. When they find, sometimes I don't say nothing about me being a pastor. Because when I go with people, they, 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 you're a pastor, all of a sudden they start watching what they, what they say, which is good and I appreciate that. You know, but they start acting a certain way and trying to, you know, tell me all the good things they've done and <laughs> this and that. And, you know, you know, and sometimes they confess all the bad things they've done. They think I'm a priest. They think I'm Catholic. You know, and they start just vomiting everything to me. You know, but that, they, they feel some kind of way because, because I'm a pastor. It shouldn't be that way. You know, I love when I have people come in my office sometimes that are not Christians or, or they're, just, they're new Christians. And they come in my office and they're just, just using cuss words like crazy, you know. And I love it. Why? Because they're real. They're not trying to put on for me. They, they haven't got, they, you know, they're trying. They're, they, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. And I'm like, just keep, going, keep talking. We're, we're okay. You know, and people come in there and they talk to me and they're real. I, you know, I've come, I had people come to the altar before. You know, and I'm going to tell you what they said. They say, Pastor, that was a hell of a service. <laughs> but to them, that means it was great. I'm not going to, oh, dear God, they, they cussed at the altar of God. But, they, but they, they don't know anything different. That's what they know. We get upset when people come in here and they used to be a, a dancer or whatever and they come in here and worship and they're like, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praise God. And we're like, how dare you? Look, when they were in the world and they were having a good time, that's what he did. So they, they don't know no better until we build a relationship with them and say, a little, little less hip thrust, please. You know? But until we build that relationship with them, they don't know no better. So we got to love on them and be there with them and say, we care about you. You belong here. Dear God, you belong here. You know, <laughs> I'm enjoying this. And we use our Christian knees to people all the time and it makes them feel so bad. We don't, you want to hang out? I don't hang out. I fellowship with my Christian friends. Oh, I heard you and your wife was in a fight. No, no, no. We had intense fellowship. Intense fellowship. Someone says, oh, man, I was lucky. You're like, oh, no, I don't believe in luck. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. Okay? Oh, that was just such a, such a coincidence. No, oh, that was a God incidence. You know, we use these things. And you know what I mean. I'm a Christian. I'm not trying. I understand about speaking positive, and I believe in that, and I think we should speak positive all the time. But if I'm just talking to you and I'm excited, and I say, oh, man, I'm so lucky. Don't tell me you're blessed. Say, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying, Pastor. I know what you're saying. But we make people feel less than because I didn't remember to say that I'm blessed and highly favored. I said lucky. See, we don't even realize it. We, we, we say this to people, and especially non-Christians out in the world, and, and we make them feel less than because, well, I'm a Christian. Well, where do you go? Well, I go to the Kingdom Life Church. You know, oh, man, come on. Let's make, a, let's make the world feel welcome to come. Make them, when they come, feel like when you invited them out there, that when they come here, they've already got a friend. Let them have that, that little toy story to, I got a friend in you, or whatever that song is. Friend in me. <laughs> okay? But, but you know, we, we felt that way. We've been, we, we felt that way before. Judged, sized up, evaluated. But they belong here, if you would come, Don. 
They belong here. You know, those, you know, the people who voted on the other side of the ticket than you did, they belong here. The people that's not the same skin color that you are, they belong here. The people who are addicted, they, are, they, they have heroin addicts, they, they, they belong here. That, 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 that drug dealer belongs here. Where are they going to find Jesus? And they, obviously they're at church because nobody else told them about it. You know, and, and we, we get upset because what that type, the type of people they are. But if they come and we show them the love of Christ and love and care on them, they will realize, you know what, wow, this is a cool place. I like this. I feel loved. I feel cared for. I'm not judged. And then we can build a relationship with them. And then we can sit down and say, hey, you've been a Christian a while. Let me talk to you a minute about some things. But the, the day they walk through the door, that's not the time to do it. And never has been the time to do it. Even though I got caught into that when I was young and I feel like the way I grew up, I was doing it myself. But that's not what God wants. That's not the love of God. That's the judgment of man. What a privilege it is to serve Jesus. Maybe you've already been inviting people for next week or if we have to change it because of the weather, we'll change it. But, but maybe you've already invited, maybe you've already put, God's already put somebody in your heart. But even if you haven't, when you go out here today, Start looking at everybody and don't try to make them or look down at, over, over them like that right there. Like there's somebody less than you. Because again, I'll say it like I started off. We forget where we came from. We forget where we came from. And we don't, and what the thing is, is sometimes we forget how easy it would be to get right back where they're at. Because your flesh is warring every, every day against you. All it takes is your, for you just to yield to your flesh and you'll be right back where they're at. And then when you do that, you don't want nobody to judge you. You want to come back with open arms, right? Well, we want that. And we want that here at Kingdom Life. So I want you to go out into the world, and I want you to love on people, inspire love, life, and relationships, and let them know that we care, that we're going to love on them. And say, and if anybody judges you or you feel judged, go tell the pastor. Because I'll handle it. Because I want them to truly feel loved and cared. I am not going to say we're something and then the people come and we're not. We'll, we'll fix that. Because we want everybody to come. And we want everybody to experience God. Now not only those people, that businessman that has the lawyer job, that has executive CEO business, they are welcome too. They belong here. Because we got to have blessed men and blessed women of God that have finances to help us reach that goal. If we have a whole bunch of people who, who, are, uh, who, don't have, who they're all just broken and they got no money, well, we got a, big, we got a thousand people, but we're broke. we got to have those people that, have that, that are blessed and highly favored to say, you know what, God's blessed me to finance the kingdom. God's blessed me. And, I, and, and th plus, they also need people full of wisdom, full of knowledge that can say, you know what, hey, let me take you under my wing and teach you and guide you and disciple you. Let me help you. Let me reach the Great Commission. Let me do what I can to help you. So we need people that, that, that already know God, that are already full of the Spirit of God and already know how to act. So I'm not just saying let's just fill this place up with, just, with, 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 with everybody else that, that don't know Christ and don't know anything and don't have nothing. We need everybody. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes, please? Is there anybody at all that say, I'm not a Christian today? I don't know Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. I want Christ to come in my heart or I backslid on God and I don't know Him anymore. But I really want 
to live this life. I didn't realize life could be this fun. I didn't realize I could live a life so happy. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be what you're talking about. Anybody at all raise your hand and say, I want to receive Christ. Or I want to turn my heart back to God or anything like that at all. Okay, who would say, Pastor Doug, I'll be honest with you. I want God to help me to, 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 to look at people the way he looks at them through his God goggles and not look at them and not make anybody feel any less than and not let any, make anybody feel like they don't belong here. And don't let anybody feel any, don't, don't let me judge, even subconsciously. Will you pray for me, Pastor Doug, that God will help me to, to live a, a life and holy like that? Amen. Amen. Me, everybody, yeah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Would you look at me? Go out and do the Great Commission. But I can't reach the whole world of the nations. Well, you know what? When you get up in the morning... And you go to Bojangles and get you some, some uh, a, a biscuit. And then you go to Dunkin' Donuts and get you some, some, some Dunkin' Donut coffee. And then you go back home and bake, make some bacon. And then you go back out in your world. And you go to work and you go to the grocery store. And then you go to play and you go to the park. And you, need, you go back over here. And then you come back home. All that was your world. All that was your world. You don't worry about my world. You don't worry about her world. You don't worry about what they're doing in their world. You, this is my world. I'm responsible for my world. What can I do today? To do? And when you pray and ask God to open doors, send me people, don't be surprised when it happens. And don't, don't get scared. Because as I said last week, God does not, not call the equipped. He equips the called. So when, when the opportunity comes, God's going to help you. You just talk. And he'll help you. Do the best you can. That's all he wants. To come to church. You'll be a friend to them. We'll be a friend to them. We'll love on them. We'll build a relationship with them. And then we'll talk to them, disciple them, and then they'll become a discipler. It's a, it's a whole thing like that. I love you guys. Is any, does anybody need special prayer before I go? I want to make sure if you, anybody ever needs special prayer, I want to give you the opportunity for special prayer. Yes, sir, if you come on up. Shane, we want to make sure and pray for you before, before we leave. And ask God to help you. Amen. Anybody else need prayer? Okay. Anything specific there, buddy? All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the joy of the Lord. That is his strength. God, to come down and touch Shane right now. Satan, you're a liar, and you will not... You have no right in his mind. You cannot live rent-free in his mind. I pray against the spirit of depression, the, the, the spirit, Father, of, of loneliness. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you rise him up, God, in the joy of the Lord is his strength. Dispatch angels, God, to surround him and protect his mind and not allow the enemy to try to come and, and, and destroy it or, 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 or nag on him or hurt him, Father, or break him down, Father. But let him be happy. Let him read his word and pray and trust you, God, and believe in you, God, and, and live a, a life of a warrior, not a defeated warrior but a warrior, God, because he is more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you so much. God bless. This Saturday, don't forget, if you, if you're, you are young married couples, you want to come, please see me so we can go on the, plat the platoon boat. Uh, and next Sunday, I will, please make sure I will try to send you an email, and I'll probably text on the text thing. What? Question? Pontoon. Pontoon. So, I'll, I, and if, if, there, if, if we have to have a change in anything, I'll email you and I'll put it on Facebook and Instagram and all that. Pay attention to all that. Don't forget, when you do see stuff on Facebook, whatever it is, 
share it, love it, like it, whatever, wow it. Go, go make recommendations. Give us great reviews. All that helps us get into the community. God bless you. Have a great day. Yes.